customer would cost you more than you know he pays you. And if I would know this rule 10 years before, we, we served more than 5 million customers during these 10 years. We would be super rich and profitable at the moment if I would know this rule. We would never let the customer go away. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show, where we interview founders of fast-growing seven- and eight-figure e-commerce businesses and e-commerce experts. They'll tell their stories, share how they 2X their businesses, and inspire you to take action in your own online retail business today. As an online retailer or supplier, you're well aware that accurate product content drives more sales. However, as your store starts to scale, the harsh reality is that maintaining product description content becomes more and more of a challenge to e-commerce teams. This is a problem Salsify solves. Salsify is a SaaS-based product content management platform built specifically for online retailers and brand owners. I recently took Salsify on a test drive, and here are the glaring advantages e-tailer stands to gain. First, your entire product catalog can be accessed by any department in a centralized hub. Then there's a workflow setup that ensures no fields go amiss when product data is published to multiple channels such as Amazon, your Google Merchants account, or just directly to your e-commerce store. Salsify tells you when it spots missing critical data across your product catalog. It's a flexible and robust product management platform. I recommend if your store and brand products catalog changes often and if you publish to numerous channels. As a 2x e-commerce listener, you can get to trial Salsify for free at salsify.com forward slash 2x. That is S-A-L-S-I-F-Y dot com forward slash 2x. I'll leave more details and a link on this episode show notes. Hello, guys. Um, welcome to this episode of the 2X e-commerce podcast show. And um, today I'm joined by the co-founder of Template Monster. His name is David Braun. Um, Template Monster is a website template marketplace that features over 46,000 designs for Magento, Drupal, WordPress, PrestaShop, Joomla, and WooCommerce. Um, you most likely have heard about Template Monster. I have come across Template Monster in the last, you know, few years. So you you most likely have. If you haven't, um, this would be interesting an inter- interesting introduction to Template Mountain um, to um, to Template Monster. David has quite an interesting backstory um, on, and also tips on how to manage and scale a digital product e-commerce business to eight figures. Um, it's actually my first time getting someone, you know, um, from, um, who sells, you know, digital products through, through an e-commerce website on the show. So it'd be quite interesting to, you know, hear how they've managed to build an eight figure business, um, that sell, you know, sells from, you know, digital products through, through their marketplace. Um, Temple Monster was founded back in 2002. So it's about 14 years. So with all of that experience, David is here to share his wisdom, you know, on, on selling digital production online. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome David to the show. Welcome to the show, David. 
Yeah, hello, everybody. Uh, yeah, it's an honor for me actually to participate in this podcast. And I think uh, many readers will try to build the productive atmosphere. And I'll try to be as fair as possible to bring some insights that many of uh, listeners will be um, happy to actually implement in their own businesses. Or if somebody is learning how to run e-commerce business, I think it will be a lot of insights. All right. Brilliant. 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 Because you, you bring so much experience. You know, 14 years in, in the game, you've seen the ups and downs. Um, of the business you've seen, um, I think it was prior to when, you know, Google was quite dominant. You, you, you've seen what it means to be marketing prior to the Google era and, um, you know, what it means to be marketing today. So, so I'm, I'm really glad to have you on the show, David. So, um, for the, could you take about a minute or, or two to introduce yourself? Cause I don't think I've done you, you know, enough justice with the intro. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, well, I'm uh, 36 year, uh, years old. I have uh, four kids. Um, basically, I, I was born in Georgia, not in, uh, in the state of Georgia, in the United States, in a little country, former USSR country. And uh, I lived there happily, you know, great sun, you know, and sea and everything until the war started there. So I had to, with my family, we basically dropped everything we've had and we, we became refugees. And so we had to kind of restart the life from scratch. We moved from one country to another country, you know, because it was very tough to find a proper job, you know, the place to live and so on. And it ended up, everything ended up in the Ukraine, in the south of Ukraine. And uh, I met the guy. I, so I graduated university there. And when I was on the fourth course, I met one U.S. guy, you know, who came to Ukraine to actually look for some partners to do some business with. Because obviously, you know, by that time, 14 years ago, Ukraine uh, had a very cheap labor force, but uh, people were very talented. So he, 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 he kind of heard about it and uh, just as a stranger came in to, uh, you know, to Ukraine and met me actually. So, and he offered me, I was working in the consulting industry by that time as a student, I was a junior marketing expert and we help Ukrainian enterprises to uh, restructure their processes, you know, to build distribution networks, you know, to establish proper, you know, branding and so on. So I was kind of um, new offline marketing stuff, you know, read a lot of books and so on, but never, I, well, I was using emails, you know, like uh, browsing um, internet, you know, searching in Yahoo because Google was not famous by that time. So, and then, you know, he offered me to start a web design business. You know, uh, I didn't know anything about web design, but I, you know, I've heard that, you know, it's a big story. It was all, uh, already, you know, uh, one dot com bubble already. Uh, you know, destroyed. So, and basically, and I said, okay, let's try. And he said, I would do the marketing, so sales and marketing, because he was in New York, and you would uh, try to make a production. So, uh, we started to do the web design, to opened a web design agency called Inverse Logic. And we were happy, you know, enough to actually, the first client that we've got. Um, we got a website that uh, they paid us $25,000 and it was like, wow, that's what, well, that was a lot of money, you know, for, for the, uh, first ever, you know, job, uh, in the web design, uh, you know, agency. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we learned it really hard way. We almost went bankrupt because, you know, we spent, uh, basically we delivered the final result to the customer in six months or so. <laughs> 
So it wasn't really like, you know, a, a bargain, you know, for us. But we learned it hard way. So we learned that we, we have to micromanage lots of communications with the client. There is a lot of revision processes, you know, um, change this, change that. You know, you have to rebuild uh, lots of things from scratch. So we did successful projects, like 10 or 20 successful projects, made the first uh, $200,000 in sales during the first six months. And it, was, it wasn't really too much profitable, but everybody was busy, definitely. So, and then I started to think that probably this is a dead end, you know, like we could, okay, I started to think, okay, we would, we, we, we can uh, probably push more marketing, more sales and get more orders, but there's going to be like more people in the stuff, you know, um, so that's not scalable enough. And I was starting to think about making some mass products that people can buy and just, you know, and use it. And we can resell it many times. And I was watching, we had a one very talented designer in the team, and he was very fast and productive. And he, when I was watching how he makes designs, he was using his own sort of a libraries, you know, in Photoshop, different kind of design elements and styles. Right now, it's no surprise, you know, no, because uh, right now you, you can go and buy UI kits. But basically, he was sort of creating UI kits without knowing that it is a UI kit. And uh, I, I asked him, uh, you know, uh, what is this? And then he said, like, this is like elements that help me to speed up the production, you know, making websites. And I said, do other designers really use it? And he said, I don't know, really. But yeah, I think that, you know, if, if, if somebody would give me, you know, these design elements, you know, I would definitely pay for that. And that was like the first insight that we got. And I said, like, hey, why, why don't we go further, why don't we not only provide some elements because, you know, in order to use elements, you have to be, you know, um, uh, you, you need the qualification for that. You need, you need to be sort of web designer. And I said, why don't we offer pre-designed designs already, like site designs? Uh, does it exist? And then we didn't even know that the template word exists, you know, so we, we kind of yahooed it and found uh, one website, the, there was only one website selling shitty looking, you know, uh, designs. And we said, okay, let's do it. So we named it Template Monster. We made first 30 designs, divided in three categories, bronze, silver, and gold, kind of, you know, to help the customers to distinguish by quality. And it started to work. Uh, you know, surprisingly, uh, uh, so how we marketed it, so the initial uh, marketing strategy was just direct marketing. Uh, nowadays it's called spam, but you know, back then it was direct marketing. So we basically um, manually visited Google uh, Yahoo directory. It was a uh, Yahoo directory. And for example, we had five different designs for restaurant businesses. So we, we visited those restaurants and sent them an email using contact form. It was, everything was done manually. Uh, just like, hey guys, you know, uh, we see that you, you you got a restaurant. Your your design is outdated. We have five different designs for restaurants, very affordable for a very very affordable price. Come, you know, see it. You know, if you like it, get in touch. And it really worked. We were sending like 300, 400 different emails every day. And at the end of the day, you know, first week we got $70,000 in sales. And we said, wow, okay. this is it. You know, like we found a gold mine. Okay. Let's track back a, a, a bit. Um, um, I, I kind of like what you, what you said about um, your identification of the fact that um, your project-based work, your custom product-based work was not scalable. Right. And um, you 
you said okay um there was a, and then at the same time you looked at your 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 your, um, your developer who is creating ui kits and reusable modules basically to speed up you know his 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 projects um so from so i suppose the takeaway from from there is um you know we provide digitized products to to be able to scale our business um, so how did you kind of, how many templates did you start out with to be justifiable to go to market um, and it to, was, to engage in a direct marketing? You, you yeah, I think it was 30 templates okay. for the beginning. And we added every every day we were adding one more template. Okay. So it was like, a, it, it, it was just to begin with, So we, because we didn't know, you know, if it's going to sell or not, you know. Uh, it was just an idea, rough idea. But since we already had a guy in the team, the designer, who was very productive, and we paid him a salary, so there was no additional investment uh, besides, you know, making the store. So, so by the first year, um, how, how many templates had you sort of, had, had the team sort of been able to, to churn out to, to the market? Well, we we were adding every day, so I think it was about two hundred fifty templates per year, first year, because it was all relay, uh, done by uh, the same designer, okay. and we were just expanding uh, the coverage for different business niches. Okay, okay. And, and how has has um, the template size evolved over the years? Uh, well, it was uh, you know we were multiplying the quantity and the quality. Uh, four times, five times uh, every year because, okay. you know, once we verified the business model, once we knew that, you know, it's going to, uh, that we have a demand that is ready to pay, so it was just a matter of, uh, you know, business skills to actually scale it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it was also quite interesting, you know, um, given your background with regards to, um, you know, um, being in Georgia and um, having been a victim of um you know being refugees um how you, you you managed to strive to 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 get in into university and you know finally you know getting into marketing consulting and you know and and then um setting up template monster it's a phenomenal story backstory um you know um you know making making the best right well, well i've learned it you know like because uh if you uh, if you raised in a you know wealthy family and you know you have you don't have enough motivation right you have you know you just like go to university you know you graduate find you know a good job and, and you know that you can allow yourself a luxury actually to be you know s- to be slow you know and happy mm-hmm. i know <laughs> yeah yeah right and 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 um i, I suppose you know um so so did did those did did that sort of spark your entrepreneurial flair to build something? You're, you're a co-founder. What is your um? What is your who who are your other founders? You know, and and yeah, there are three other guys. One guy, um, um the guy who uh, offered me, he was actually doing a boat yacht boating a business. You know, like he's a yacht guy, but for for some reason, you know, like he decided that he needed to step into uh, web business. Uh, and uh, two other guys, they joined a little bit later on because um, we needed, then we needed more tech-oriented guys because I'm not a programmer. And we found that uh, basically a good uh, sort of, uh, the good engineer is actually uh, as essential as a good marketing guy or a good product guy. So one guy is you know our uh, main engineer. 
So the guy who runs all the programmers, you know, like all the be- the backend systems and the frontend systems, and another guy he joined uh, uh, after we decided to actually expand our products into content management systems in about three uh, three years after, you know, like when when the flash died, you know, when lots of changes, you know, began. So we were kind of lost the focus because we didn't know where to go, you know, mm-hmm. we had already 11 or 20, no, we had 20,000 templates, most of them were Flash based, mm-hmm. and we we were really like one of the best in the world for Flash animation. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about that pivot you made um, from, you know, being that Flash um, <laughs> only website to to now what you are, which which is a template for, for various platforms and how you sort of adopt, you know, adapted to 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 the changes in the online space, because if if you think about it, you know, your business could have just gone down the waters if you know you didn't adapt and change and pivot, you know, with changes exactly. in the marketplace. So we'll, we'll talk about it. I have, yeah, you know, I, I read a bit about um, your backstory, and it's quite exciting because um, you know, listeners who are into you know digital products should you know take have a lot of takeaways from your story with regards to changes in the marketplace and not just you know being stubborn <laughs> more or less if if that's um, not too harsh too much of a hash you know word um so now um what does your team team size look like you have four founders and, yes um so so what, what does the team look like are you still based in ukraine uh, well we 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 do have about uh, 15 people in uh, us mostly you know marketing business development uh, legal uh, a lawyer you know the, the accountant you know like it, you still have to be you know since about 40% of our customers are coming from U.S., so we have to have a U.S. presence. And also, like, legally, we were, from the beginning, we were a U.S. company. Okay. So, uh, in, in Del- the... Delaware company, or... Yeah, we, 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 yeah, we started to be a Delaware company, and then, you know, like, we moved to New York. Okay. And then we moved to Florida because, you know, like it was more, uh, they, it was better actually, better business terms, you know, like to do the business in Florida. Wow. And also we liked my, to come to Miami, you know. The weather. <laughs> yeah, the weather, yeah. So I always like saying, okay, we, 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 would, we would end up to live in Florida, you know, like it's definitely, you know, the good place. Excluding to- the hurricanes, but the weather is fantastic. Of course, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So you're, you're based in Miami now. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm spending lots of time in Ukraine, especially lately, because, you know, the, the Ukraine has the war there. Mm. And, you know, I actually kind of have the repeating story. So uh, Template Monster uh, set up the biggest uh, in the Ukraine crowdfunding platform called peoplesproject.com. So we fundraised more than $10 million to help founded soldiers, you know, to help, uh, to, 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 to help refugees to relocate. So it's like a big, big focus for us at the wow. moment, charity wow. side, okay. because it's, you know, it's my story basically. Like after 20 years, I had the same kind of situation. My wife, you know, uh, is from Ukraine. You know, I spent, I grew up in the Ukraine and everything started there, you know, to be the same story exactly the same story with exactly same players you know russia is playing you know the big part in that you know pretending that like it is not but in fact you know we have a war with russia there Mm-hmm. Right, so, so it's, it's like a deja vu for you. Um, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Really, really interesting. So, you're in Ukraine. You're, 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 you're a lot. You spend a lot of your time in, in Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. I spend mostly like I'm, I'm, I'm spending 
for example, in uh, 2015, I spent seven months in Ukraine and uh, the, the rest in, uh, in the U.S., uh, so this year, in like uh, probably it's going to be more, even more time in Ukraine, you know, uh, uh, because of the charity stuff. You know, I, I finally I'm happy to actually manage the company, so I'm not uh, I'm not needed every on a everyday basis. So I'm not doing any operational stuff anymore. Yeah. So I'm trying to do strategic planning. I'm trying to do the business development still because people like to talk to founders, you know, like yeah. and, and, and visioners because, you know, like we, strategic things are uh, things that, you know, like what would happen in three years. And definitely you have to kind of talk to people uh, who, who make decision-making power. Okay. So beyond the 14 people um, currently working in, in the company, how many are devs and how many are um, – so, so yeah. within the 14, what, what is the – the, the dev and non-dev. Um, no, no devs at all. No devs. All okay. From the Ukraine, we have three hundred people in the Ukraine. Wow. Yeah. Hundred staff. Yeah, that's a lot. That's uh, a lot. A lot. Yeah. So what you know, city like, are you based in? We we have three different cities. So we started in the south of Ukraine, where everything started. You know, like uh, so historically. Then we moved um, uh, to Lviv. It's uh, like a western part nearby Poland mm -hmm. because we wanted to. Uh, grab people from Poland as well. Okay. And then we ended up in Kiev as a capital because it was easier for uh, logistics, you know, to come from this direct flight from New York Port, to yeah. Kiev, so mm -hmm. it's easier. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. So they're, they're all full-time staff or part Yeah, full-time staff. We never, we actually never use any freelancers, you know, like besides uh, designers. So we could have a designer that we buy out the designs from uh -huh. and we don't want to, uh, you know, like because it's very, very tough. I always was jealous uh, by seeing people uh, who can manage, you know, uh, actually the whole business is working with freelancers remotely. Mm -hmm. I. I, I could I, I never could do it, you know. Like I I don't know. Like yeah. obviously they were unreliable, yeah. unmanageable. You, you'd you'd probably have to be a developer. You have to speak their language to to get the most out of them. You know. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So so um, your so and turnover is what 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 what's your turnover like? Um, revenue I, like? I would say it's a, it's about ten million a year about above. Ten million like, US. Yeah, you ask, of course. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, well, three hundred people. Wow. Okay. So, you do you have a, like a marketplace? So beyond the three hundred techies that that actually you know churn out all these templates and manage the website and all the traffic you're getting, do you have any kind of? Um, do, do you also have a marketplace of developers that um, submit of third party developers? Who yeah. submit, uh, designers that submit their templates. Yeah, we do. We do, but not very aggressively and i think that this is our mistake so that, that uh, this year is going to be a year of transformation of template master from being closed marketplace to being the most democratic open marketplace because right now you know like we got a couple of competitors uh, which overgrew us you know in terms of number of customers you know the traffic and so on and uh, Primarily because of the market open marketplace um, uh, model, but right now they also struggle with being closed marketplaces. So you know, like people who were first actually enjoy the benefits, you know, and the most sales. So we we want to change, uh, you know, uh, the game in this industry. So we want to create the 
most open marketplace you know like uh, anybody ever was creating you know in this uh, in this subject gotcha 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 yeah you, you are right um some third party you know um template um providers or yeah they, they have some 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 marketplace templates w- would allow third party um you know template d- d- designers okay that, right. that's interesting but, but, but you know there's nothing about control versus um you know yeah but the biggest issue in that you know like is the stability of uh of the product because you know like uh, what fifty percent of our customers are end users you know who building uh, the sites for themselves and another fifty are web developers who are using our templates in their production process to speed up the delivery to cut down the budget and so on so the thing is you know with those people with the second part developers they prefer not to repeat the learning curve all the time you know like when so if you are kind of learned how our WordPress templates are built. So you don't want to buy another WordPress from the same website and then relearn the learning curve. You know, so okay. they could be, you know, built totally differently. And this is the biggest challenge for us. Uh, how do we transformate, you know, like uh, the uh, existing template monster uh, to, you know, to, to the open marketplace? And support is another issue because we are the only company in the, on the market right now who are providing 24-7 live, live support, you know, live chat support, phone support, and so on. So, and, and this is a big issue, you know, if we would, let's say, uh, after six months, would have 10 times bigger inventory uh, in, with products completely differently built, how we do wouldn't scale get, support? Yeah, how do we scale support and how do we distinguish, okay, this is 24-7 and another product which is just right to that, is uh, I don't know, like uh, once uh, on email only after forty-eight hours, you know, response. Mm. So this is like those challenges, you know, like still exist. We're thinking yeah. hardly how yeah. do we do? Because I recall, um, I recall when I was reading the Jeff Bezos book, um, the Everything Store. Um, I recall when at the early days he decided, you know, that um, you know Amazon must be, you know, a platform. Exactly. In, in that, yeah. and, and that's where the scale started to, because when, you know, half of their business re- really, um, is the marketplace. <laughs> and, um, you know, that just that scale of, of the. Of yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I was reading the same book and I said, okay, you know, Amazon had it already 10 years ago. So we would, you know, and they managed it successfully. So let's try to do the same because we still, we, we would be actually, we would be. Right now, we are splitting two different businesses. One is a uh, template vendors, you know, so our own production. Mm-hmm. And the second is a template shop, you know, basically the shop. Yes. So if, we, if that would be, so I asked myself very important question. If that would be two different businesses with two different owners, what would be the interest for each of them? So for the template producer, the interest would be to actually maximize the distribution channel, to sell their products everywhere where they could sell it for, to submit it to all different marketplaces, to uh, to all different you know deals websites and so on. Not only be exclusively on temp- available on Template Monster, mm-hmm. and for the shop to offer whatever people you know can buy. Basically, go to every provider and say, listen, come to us, bring your products. We put them for sale, you know, and we make commission. You make a business, we make a business, right? Yes. So why do we actually have those two businesses, you know, suffering from living with each other for so many years? Mm. So this year is going to be a divorce of two different business models. That's amazing. That is really amazing. Okay. Now, let's let's talk about the... 
sort of your journey. Um, so I would want to talk about crisis points. You've been in business for 14 years. What core pri- crisis points? By that, I mean where you just thought, you know what, we're going to go under if we right. don't make changes. How many crisis points have you had in your business okay. in the last 14 years? Yeah, let me think. Uh, first crisis, the big crisis, was uh, the, the very first week of running the business. After we got a $70,000 in sales, and all of them, not any of you know, all of them, uh, literally, were fraud. So we got all of our accounts frozen, you know, the bank account closed, and they said, you never go to the business, and so on. We didn't know even, you know, that this word exists, you know? And... So we we learned it really really hard way you know like we so I I actually became I so I said how do we combat it you know and then I saw I said in order to combat you need to learn how it works so I was I registered myself into this you know shadow community where the carders are and you know pretended to be one of them the and dark web the, 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 whole world of the dark web and yeah exactly there was a carderplanet.com the guy was arrested uh, after that, but you know, like, but the, he, he was like the biggest forum, you know, for those people. And so I, I become, so I became a power user there, actually. And I started to, it was a very stupid, actually, thing, but you know, we did it because I didn't know about the possible, you know, uh, things that could happen later. But you know, what, what I did, I knew, so I found this guy and I met online the founder of this community. And I said, we would help you to redesign your website because we are good designers and so on. So we redesigned Carter Plant, the, the biggest, you know, the biggest carding, carding, you know, community in the world where every intelligent agent probably was there, you know, like FBI, CIA, M6, whatever, you know, like, and, you know, and we put the backlink in the footer saying designed by, te- proud designed <laughs> by temple. <laughs> oh my word! Okay. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know why nobody <laughs> came to us after that, but you know, like, but you know what? After we did it, the level of fraud decreased ten times because the founder posted like an announcement saying, "Template Monster, our our friends." It's a very big, uh, you know, very bad uh, thing to steal from your friends. Don't, don't, don't mess with. Them. Whoever touches the friend is my enemy. <laughs> Full Godfather mafioso yeah, exactly. stuff. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that was the first thing. Very stupid, but very effective. Right. <laughs> so, so about that time, sixty to seventy percent of transactions were pretty yeah. much fraud. Yes, because so it's what, a digital. What were they doing product. with templates? What were fraudsters doing with templates? I have I have no idea. Some of them having you know were building sites definitely to catch more. Uh, visitors and customers and then probably steal credit cards from them i think that 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 was one reason the second reason they were reselling them for example our templates were priced like 50 dollars and they could sell it for five dollars you know because they're getting it for free so it it it, it brought us many challenges the first challenge how do you establish 24 7 billing you know anti-fraud officers actually screening manually every transaction and we built very successful uh model from that you know it's really like a great service so we wanted even to offer it as a standalone service to other merchants uh, who are dealing with digital products okay. and um, this is the first challenge the second challenge we got was actually how do you protect your 
uh, template, you know, like because the template we were shipping the old source files, mm -hmm. so it was very, very tough to actually kind of protect it uh, because so what, it's not software, right? So, so this is pre WordPress, pre platform, yeah, really. exactly. So, that so was a purely uh, PSD files plus HTML files, you know, okay, like okay, 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 okay. So, you okay, all right, PSD and HTML, that was all okay, all right. yeah, exactly. Uh, so, but what we did with it, we found a technology called Stigano, it was open source technology allowing you to kind of encrypt uh, the text information into the picture. Mm. So what we did, we were encrypting the transaction IDs into the pictures, mm -hmm. and then we were developing the script, uh, like a spider, which uh, spiders the web. Mm -hmm. And uh, if, uh, if it founds our, you know, our uh, design, it can go and you know, de-encrypt uh, de uh, this information so we know, okay, this is legit customer or we, have, okay. we found five different designs uh, using the same transaction so, ID. So there were like security keys. Where, exactly, you know, yeah, but it's, was... it's like invisible security I see, key. I see, I see, I see. So what happens when you know, um, that template was used illegally? What, would, yeah, so we, we kind we of lock the template we were, up? Or? Because we didn't know like, who was uh, the, uh, you know, the legal customer. So we were sending polite emails saying, you know, listen, you know, like we, we see your design. It's not registered in our database. Can you please uh, send us a proof of purchase? And that was a, actually quite a good uh, sales channel for us. Uh, so by turning uh, illegal customers into legal customers without any penalties, so we just asked them to actually to buy it. So we were making about 20% of our revenue using this kind of, you know, oh, that's clever. Very clever. Yeah. I think there, there are two learning points here. The fact that, you know, you were trading time for money at, you know, initially, and then you swapped over to, 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 to just, you know, scaling this, you know, into a digitized template pretty much. Um, and, and then this reaching out to, these are just really clever milestones really that, um, yeah. Just, yeah, because initial idea was to kind of, you know, battle with them, you know, try to close the website and so on, but it's never ending story. So I said, you know, this is not going to happen because it's too much, you know, for us. So let's try to make it, you know, the business from that. Okay. So speaking about all the crisis points. Um, yeah. So, so, the, so the, that was the first crisis point from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. The second and the biggest still, you know, uh, it was uh, when the Steve Jobs said Flash is going to die. 2007 or? Yeah, I think it was 2007 okay. and you, you can imagine you know by that time we 90 percent of our revenue were coming from you know selling flash wow. and uh, we had twenty five thousand different flash based templates you know and it was like a boom you know like after this letter every single month uh, there was a decline in revenue by you know two to five percent every single month it was like going down 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 and then you know, we were we had a challenge. We we basically um, so we we were having you know urgent meetings and saying what we're gonna do. You know, it would take us extra three four years to actually rebuild this inventory in HTML, and because we don't know, we didn't have too many uh, coders. You know, like knowing perfectly HTML. So because most of our stuff production production was uh, Flash animators. So we decided, but because it was like, a, we always had a family, despite the size of the company, we had a family type of company. So we said, we're not going to fire those, you know, flash-based coder animators. We're going to retrain them to learn HTML. And I think, nowadays, I think it was 
stupid a decision. It was better actually to kind of pay them, you know, some 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 money, give them some money to find another jobs because we lost about a year to retrain people, you know, and by that time lots of things changed, you know, like it was a big big uh, hit for us. Um but you know still uh, we we were starting, you know, any hit any crisis brings you more um, you know ideas, more insights and makes you stronger. So we basically uh, learned that we don't we never we we, we would never uh, you know put all eggs into one basket. So we need more products, much more products. So you make 10% of your revenue from one product, you know, extra 15 from another one and so on. So uh, this is the first uh, the, the the biggest crisis and the third crisis was when Google introduced uh, Google AdSense because uh, not AdWords but AdSense and I'll tell you why um, 50% of our revenue was uh, coming from affiliates we had 250,000 affiliates reselling our products everywhere mm. all the web like when you when you put in Google any template you know related keyword top 10 results on the first page were either we or our affiliates, no competitors, not nobody. So we were really dominating this market because, uh, primarily, because of the, the because of the limited choice for the webmasters. How do they monetize their websites? Before Google AdSense, you can only sell some banners, you know, not through uh, established channels, but through personal communication. If somebody comes to your site and writes you a letter, listen, I want to buy a banner on your site, and so on. So it's like it was not scalable. And the second way was to participate in some gambling or adult industry, which was not for everyone. You know, it was uh, more like a gray area. Mm -hmm. Third one, Template Monster Affiliate Program. So that's why it was privately brand, you know, like you, you, you white labeled. So you can open your own Template Monster within a couple of minutes. You print the business cards and you are going to your friends and saying, listen, guys, I opened my template store. Uh, buy from me. You know, I make money. I give you discounts and so on. And when Google AdSense actually um, came to the scene, lots of people just, you know, put a couple of, uh, you know, lines of code and started to make money automatically. Mm. And it, it really, like, decreased the number of affiliates, you know, like, there was a lot, huge, huge hit for us. Mm. This is when, what year did, did AdSense uh, kind of come into the market? Let me let me Google it. Well, uh, it's okay. Yeah, it's a 2010. 2010. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 2010. Well, okay. So, tracking back to to the first crisis point, how did you, you know, um, so how did you get out? So, so how long was the training of staff um, who were one year? One year. year. So the, did the business suffer significantly over that one year? Yeah, but because we were extra profitable back then, you know, like we, we kind of refinanced, you know, this loss to, to to stay, you know, to stay in the business and see how it, how it evolves. You had sufficient, you know, padding, financial padding to, 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 right. keep, you, to keep you going. Right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that, that's quite and, – and then from then on, you started to build out HTML and then um, when did you start to move into platforms? Um, well, I was – because I'm, you know, I became online marketing and primarily search engine marketing guy. Mm -hmm. I was always using, you know, like uh, was browsing. So my 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 
uh, half of my day was just clicking different banners and browsing the websites. And it's like, you know, because there were no tools available, right? Like Google Trends, nothing like that. So we, and then I started to see that many websites started to use, uh, so content management systems. It was no, you know, no dominant players, but still, you know, I, I started to kind of find that lots of people using Joomla. So I said, what, you know, why they're using Joomla? And then, you know, like I kind of found that uh, the, they are attracted by the idea that somebody makes a website for them and then they manage, manage it by themselves. So they never rely on the, on, the, on the developer. And we started, okay, let's try to learn what Joomla is and, you know, start making Joomla templates because it's no different for us. You know, basically you, you just need to train a couple of guys and see how it works. And Joomla was a, first uh, successful launch for CMS business for us, it was really, really big. Like uh, probably it grew from in, in, the, in the first quarter, it grew from being zero in our revenue portfolio to 15%. So, and I said, wow, it's like, it looks like it's, uh, you know, it's, it, that's a right idea again. And then we found Drupal and then the WordPress. WordPress was simply for blogging initially. It was so people who were, you know, uh, creating their own blogs were not ready to pay for, you know, for anything mm -hmm. except probably hosting. And, um, but, but still, you know, step by step, the, the WordPress evolved into fully, you know, big uh, content management system. And I think that it is another mistake that we did. You know, we didn't pay enough attention because Joomla was so big for us. Mm. We didn't pay enough attention, you know, to WordPress. So we didn't uh, train enough uh, qualified developers, you know, uh, how to do great stuff in the WordPress. And then we lost the momentum. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we are only... Still now, we are actually catching up uh, the others. Okay, what about your e-commerce um, your e-commerce platforms? And, uh, yeah, e-commerce is big for us as well. It's about 35% uh, of the revenue because yeah. people, it, it's a simple answer. Uh, well, first, because they are more, uh, they're more expensive than, you know, you know just websites. And second, because if you are opening the e-commerce business, it's uh, basically by default, you, you know that it's a business, so you have to invest into the business, right? Mm -hmm. So it's an online business, you have to invest into getting a shop, renting out, making some refurbishment. In online, it's the same, so you need to find a place where you would sell your products, mm -hmm. and you know, so you find a shop. Mm -hmm. So that's why people uh, who are buying uh, e-commerce powered products, they are ready to pay. The conversion there is uh, two times bigger than the conversion for just a normal website. Yeah. Uh, so first we started with Magento, mm -hmm. and I actually started with Magento when the Magento was not existent. So I found those guys, you know, uh, with an idea. So I uh, flew to them to Israel. It's an Israeli-based company. It was an Israeli-based company. So I met the guys. I explained that who we are, and I said, listen, guys, we would make Magento popular. You don't believe us, you know, like, but I'm telling you, once we opened, because on Template Monster, back then, we already had about 100,000 unique visitors every day. Mm. And I said, listen, guys, like, uh, 10 million of, uh, you know, different customers, potential customers would see Magento in our primary menu. And, uh, you know, like, believe me, you would have lots of downloads from that. Mm. And so we were working from, uh, from the beginning together to actually make our templates fully compatible with Magento. 
and it really paid back because we were enjoying because before everybody understood you know that magento oh no sorry uh, magento was late late stage actually the first was uh, os commerce os commerce and zencom they were dinosaurs you know like uh, we we started with them of course and uh, but working with open sources is that requires basically completely different mindset mm. honestly I'm, I'm talking about this phenomenon uh, with lots of my business friends and then they say and yeah that's true because as a businessman as a commercial businessman you're thinking about potential results you know the revenue you know uh, what kind of benefits you get what kind of benefits the partner gets in the in the uh, open source world, it's different. People thinking about the community, about the influence to the you know to the world. Mm. Um, so the money in the financial side is not in the priority. It's not top three things they are thinking about. Mm. And you so have how, to. How do you how do you sort of build leverage when you're negotiating and you know speaking to them? You know, yeah. So team? initially, my my initial you know approach was business approach, and I said, why it's not working? Why the the guy who was running Harold, he was named his name was Harold Pons, I think, mm-hmm. he was living in Belgium, and he was not reacting to you know really generous offers like let's buy ads on your side, you know, like let's make templates and do revenue share. Uh, so the, you know he always was resistant to that, and I said, why? You know, like why he he's not. He doesn't want to make any money, you know, and and after some time, you know, by uh, working with uh, both OS Commerce, you know, Zencart, Drupal, and Joomla, I realized that you have to kind of plug in different mindset, you know, like you have to think. So instead of saying, "Let's put our templates on your sites and we split the revenue," it's basically saying you have to say. Let's put our templates on your website. We generate the revenue and we reinvest back into growth of your platform. Mm. Uh, you know, fifty uh, percent of the revenue, for example. Mm. And you know, like it's kind of working much better because uh, they started this business not to make money. They started this business to prove the world that they are capable to do it. Mm. Uh, which is a very, very interesting. Um, you know, mindset and perspective to to building out. You know, something that would make a significant impact on 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 people's lives exactly exactly it's interesting okay let's um quickly um run through like acquisition um so i i just used similarweb.com and i ran you know template monster through it and i realized that um well according to similar web about um 48% of traffic comes from search and, yeah that's um, true Probably even a little bit more, about fifty-five percent, I'd say. And then thirty, another thirty is kind of like direct, which could mean anything. It could mean you know mobile, and it could also mean just people putting temp, you know, from bookmarks or you know, um, just yeah, direct yeah. traffic. So my question is, um, what impact does? Well, how many visitors? Be prior to that, how many visitors do you um, do you currently have on a daily basis well, now? In terms of I think we have something like fifteen million uh, visitors a month. Um, so yeah, okay, that's like, like half a half a million a day. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, how what impact does um does search in today's world, twenty sixteen, um have on your business? Is it what 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 are you seeing from from your perspective? You've been fourteen years in the game, um, so you'd you'd have built a lot of brand um, recognition, you know. So a lot of people are just typing out, you know, template monster and, and getting straight to your website, but um. 
what, what, what's the impact of search, you know, in, in general? Well, um, it's always changing, you know, like the Google tries to improve the algorithm and we always like dancing around it, you know, like we like dancing in the dark because nobody knows what exactly works and what's not. But um, yeah, uh, we were lucky enough to enjoy the Google's attention uh, since the beginning. Um, uh, it's, it brings, it's the most besides direct traffic the branded traffic where people you know directly t- typing you know template monster it's the most con- the conversion there is like much much higher and then the second place is uh, search because people are looking for something you know for exact things like wordpress theme and then you see it you know wordpress theme some big selection of that um, we we are enjoying lots of lots of different search uh, requests and uh, it's tough to maintain it because, uh, you know, uh, the, the site gets bigger, you get new sections, you get a blog, you know, and you get some random people visiting your website. Always like a big challenge, how do you monetize properly and how do you present to people who, for example, our uh, uh, help center become, became suddenly number one as a, under support chat before you know like support chat but support chat is like a, a service in the uk where people who want to commit the suicide oh. so they go they, they go and talk you know like you need to support them so we got so many visitors like that you know that, you know disturbing our operators saying like listen you know my girlfriend just dropped me you know like i want to kill myself and it's not related to templates <laughs> like, <laughs> that's broken google for you yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, really, really quickly. Um, do you do any content marketing like YouTube? Do you do any videos? Do you help like you know? So post post purchase, would you do you have any? Do you, do you engage in any content marketing to kind of help either potential customers or existing customers? You know, get them well, to the template. We do, but on a very very limited basis, and I, I hate it. I wanted to make it because everybody, you know, the Google team says, you know, it's a future. The Google uh, for that the next year uh, about 35% of search queries will be in the Google in the video you know, primarily through YouTube so we have we have to do it you know like but we don't do it yet okay. uh, let's talk about retention real quick um, what has been your number one means of driving repeat customers Ooh, number one uh, developers web developers who are uh, who were who bought randomly basically bought or somebody recommended them uh, to buy the template and if they like it so they kind of rethink their production you know processes and uh, our average stats showing that uh, in average every third project if you are a professional developer and you are doing the websites for you know um, as a, as a custom service every third project they are using our templates. Okay. 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 And the lifetime value, as you understand, you know, like is uh, way, back, way, way higher than, you know, the end user who just came to your site, bought a site, bought a template for himself. Exactly. Then he, he's like asking, you know, a gazillion numbers of questions. How do I do it? What did I buy? You know, what is a zip file? Mm-hmm. How, why it's not working? You know, it's on your demo page and so on. So it's much, much 
more profitable to work with developers because they learn it one time and then you can stay with you for 10 years. Yeah, it's important to also distinguish those customer segments, I suppose, because, yes. um, you know, there are two different kinds of customers. And I suppose your yeah. growth efforts would be more skewed towards helping developers more because, you know... Right, right. Like and they speak different languages. Exactly. One other question I had was, um, which, which would you say has been more effective in driving repeat business, your product itself, that is the the quality of templates generated by your team versus your support, post-purchase support? Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's very hard to reply with definite answer because, you know, it, it should be a great balance in between them. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you would never buy the, the thing that you don't like, uh, you know, from the first impression mm -hmm. just because the support is good, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you would, you know, you could buy accidentally. And once you learn that support is bad, then you would never come back or you would tell everybody, you know, that don't go here because the support is non-existent. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of, so to support is a big challenge for us. We have about, we spend about 20% of the total revenue on support. Mm -hmm. It's a lot, you know, like that's a lot. And it's, it's, it's growing all the time because the products become more complex. Mm -hmm. So more more and more questions, you know, arise from the customers and you have to reply and you have to reply fast and, yeah. you know, in practice. Does that 20% translate to staff or Mostly systems to. staff? No. Well, Honestly, I couldn't um, manage to make some, out, you know, automate, uh, what we call passive support where people don't talk to, you know, don't interact with real people, with humans. Uh, because most of our customers, maybe they are they're like, you know, like they prefer, they say, when you, when you send them a link to documentation, they say, okay, this is like documentation is for losers. Like, talk to me, you know? So they prefer to talk and to be explained. You know, we also like, with, uh, when the technology allows to do it, we uh, right now using uh, remote access tools to actually even do some stuff uh, you know, on the uh, customer's computers just to show him uh, how to do it. I see, I see. And I, and I suppose given the fact that it's it's a technical product, you, you can't just get to train anybody on a day, you know, over a week and say, okay, yeah. here, here's your computer, become a support team. They, they need to have some development skills. Yeah, so know, basically uh, we have, a, when we have a support courses, it, uh, the first part, the first course is three months. After three months, you can reply to basically sort of pre-sales questions or very basic questions. Okay. Next three months, you get an expertise and you can support one or two product types, you know, like WordPress or Joomla or Magento. And after a year, you become a real supporter. So it's very, the retention of support staff is a key challenge for us. I see, I see, I see, I see. That is, that, that makes sense now. And that's, I can see the 20% easily eat up there. Right. And revenue. Okay. Before we get into the evergreen lightning question, you know, lightning round, um, I would like to ask you just one more question. And this is to help listeners who are, um, either selling digital products online, um, you know, in an e-commerce format or um, people thinking about, you know, um, selling e-commerce, um, selling, um, digital products in an, on an e-commerce site. Um, what one tip or, you know, what, what's your, your, your advice to them with regards to, you know, um, building and scaling out, you know, an e-commerce store that sells digitized products. 
um, what, from your learnings, and if you were to do it again, um, with a view to 10x in what you have today, um, what would you suggest? What what advice would you give? give well, these, these, yeah, these I got your question. It's good, good question. Uh, I would say that the, the most important thing: never lose your customer. Do whatever it takes, even if it's a negative balance for you. If it's a loss. Never lose a customer. You would learn it hard way, and there is a simple reason behind it. Nowadays, with Google AdWords and all this competition going on, mm-hmm. uh, the customer acquisition costs uh, are actually doubled every year. So you pay currently to attract a customer. Sometimes we pay fifty dollars, sometimes sixty dollars to uh, to have a customer who pays us sixty dollars. You know. Mm-hmm. So and so I'm uh, when 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 you know it already you understand that you know maybe next year or after 3 years if you don't change anything it's the customer would cost you more than you know he pays you okay. and if I would know this rule 10 years before we we served more than 5 million customers during these 10 years okay. we would be super rich and profitable at the moment if I would know this rule we would never let the customer go away. We would uh, support him until he builds the site in three years or four years. It becomes outdated. We could re- recontact him back, saying, "Listen, like, like, let's let's change your design. Let's refresh it. You know, like we would, we could upsell him some web tools. You know, how you promote the website, how do you create the content, and so on. You understand? So it's like a lifetime customer relation approach." And nowadays, there is a lot of tools for that. You know, you can have basically free content, um, uh, customer relations, CRM system, basically. Yeah, like Salesforce, but something free. Also, like there is a lot of tools for learning your customers and segmenting them, like uh, customers I.O., segment I.O., you know, Kiss metrics and so on. Yeah. So at the moment, is much, much more, the web is much, much more intelligent than it used to be, you know, 10 years ago. So right now you have when you start something since very first customer you have to know your customers and never let them go away. Okay. Okay. Right. So that retention retaining customers is where it's at. And I keep on banging on that. Um so and and you know so how so so I suppose it will be down to your product and support as we we alluded to earlier right. with regards to retaining them, you know, longer term. Okay. Um Right. Okay. So for where, where also are you seeing sort of, um, opportunity in, in, in the digital space? I know SaaS is huge and it would always be huge. Um, but in a format where you're selling digital products, um, so in the context of, because you're e-commerce, you're, you're not really SaaS, right? Right. Um, so where are you seeing opportunity? Where, where, where are you seeing new opportunity arising? Where, where likely in what areas of digitized product sales? Are you seeing? Well, nowadays we want to uh, extend uh, the number of products, uh, product categories, because uh, right now, like lots of things. So the, the, the way that people create the web, it, it, it also changed, right? So, like, uh, even if you start with WordPress, you still need lots of UI kits, icons, you know, vectors, uh, web tools, and everything. So, we I'm thinking about converting Template Monster into something like an all-in-one platform for 
the site building process. You know, like even after you build the site, you still need lots of tools, web tools, which are mostly of the most of them are SaaS. But you could be, you know, we could be a resellers. That's what hosting companies do. Mm-hmm. So they don't sell hosting anymore because the hosting is the most competitive industry in the web. Mm-hmm. The you know the hosting companies pay uh, the to resellers actually the commissions that worth three years of revenue ahead, which is like crazy to me. So in order to sustain that, you have to find a way how you monetize, how you increase you know, the customer value, uh, lifetime value. So uh, by that, I'm meaning that uh, the biggest uh, opportunity for us is actually to become sort of a learning center for customers because still huge number of businesses worldwide are maybe they don't have the online presence or they have a really old, outdated online presence. So there is always a churn you know, of new uh, customers on the market. We just need to find the best way how to reach to them okay. out with a message and how you built it, you know, in the most uh, basically usable way for them. Because they speak, as we, as, we, as we were discussing with you, they speak two different languages. You know, the developer prefers to know in advance what kind of bootstrap version it is powered for. And the you know, and the newbie, he just says, like, "I need a website for my my, my massage shops." You know, like, yeah, yeah. and I don't, I don't care what it is, WordPress, Joomla, whatever. You know, like, call it yourself, but I just need it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very, very interesting in terms of that expansion and partnerships to 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 be that learning center. Okay, let's move on to the evergreen question section. Um, it's it's a lightning round. Um, so I'd ask a question, and then you just answer in in a sentence or two maximum. Okay, so I would start when you're ready. Are you ready? Yes. How sure. do you hire people? Well, um, uh, I prefer ideally if they are already not working anywhere, we we talk to them about the uh, compensation that they want, and we say we give you one week paid seat in the office. Just come and sit and do something like that you can accomplish in one week. So we, and this is like the best ever because we, 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 believe me, we try different models. We try it, you know, psychology testing, you know, lots of, you know, uh, probation and so on, but nothing works like a real job, you know, like try before you buy. Okay. Try before you buy. Exactly. What are your three indispensable tools for managing template monster? First is, uh, bitrix24.com. It's like, uh, it's a Russian, Russian, uh, Russian-based tool, but you know, uh, it is like nothing in the world um, uh, works like that. It's like all-in-one communications for the whole company, despite the fact where they are sitting at home or in the office. All communications never be lost. The to-do system, you know, the project management uh, tool, all-in-one in the chat, live chat, and everything is in one place. This is one tool that uh, replaces all other tools that I have. Well, sounds like Slack to me. Okay. No, no, no. Much more than much, Slack. Much believe. more. Okay. All right. Any, any two others um, or just that? Just that because it replaces it. So it, it basically combines all tools all together. Okay. How do you get there? What's the website address? Uh, it's bitrix24.com. Okay. All right. We'll check Great. it out. Okay. What advice would you give to yourself 14 years ago when you were found in Template Monster? Cool. One sentence. Uh, well, uh, don't afraid anything, I would say. <laughs> okay. 
What has been your best mistake to date? By that, I mean a setback that's giving you the biggest feedback. Yeah, that was, I decided, I learned in the marketing book how to survey customers. And I actually wrote an email. It was like automatic email to 100,000 customers that I'm disappointed by uh, uh, their website look. Because, you know, well, basically, I, I, I meant different, but, you know, like probably my bad English uh, played bad, bad thing. But you, you can't believe how many emails I got back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, well, I suppose they were quite negative. Yeah, but it was, no, finally, lots of them became my friends, you know, like because well, okay. they, you know, <laughs> apologized and so on. But that was the biggest response rate ever. Wow, wow. Okay. If you could choose a single book or resource that has made the highest impact on how you view building a business and growth, which would it be? Uh, delivering Happiness. Awesome. Uh, I think Delivering Happiness for sure. Zappos, you know, Zappos. Zappos approach. Yeah, yeah, Tony Shea. Okay. Yeah. Finally, um, how can people get in touch with you? Where do you hang out in mind? How what can how, you? How, how can people get in touch with you? Listeners get in touch with you. Well, uh, you, I can, I can even. Uh, I'm sending you in the, my, my email address. Okay. So I'm mostly I'm an email guy, old okay. school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, email. Is it okay if I share it in the show notes? Of- sure, sure. Yeah, you can you can give it to anybody. Okay. You know, like I, I I love talking to people, especially you know people uh, who want to do something. You know, like I, I I hate lazy people. Good stuff. Same. I'm the same page with you. So it's it's your name at gmail.com David. Yes. Okay. Right, um, David. It's been an absolute absolute pleasure having you on the show. Um, this has been insightful. We went into different angles. I didn't even. <laughs> a fan film but it's it's been really really good and um i will check template mountain out and template monster why do i keep on calling it template uh, mountain but template monster (laughs) out um for sure and for our listeners um you know check it out it's templatemonster.com you most likely would have come across you know template monster over the years thank you so much thank you too good luck cheers um so Everyone listening, um, this show will be, you know, ready on the website, 2xecommerce.com and um, just check it out. Um, have a listen um, for updates on how to grow your store, how to grow your business. Just sign up to our email list um, and just make sure that a lot of the takeaways David provided, you do one thing, take take action. You don't need to take action in everything. Just pick up on one thing. And just take action. Until the next show, everybody, do have a fantastic one. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. To help you get more actionable insights and e-commerce growth hacks that will help you 2X your online retail business, hop over to 2xecommerce.com. It's a blog dedicated to e-commerce and multi-channel marketing run by the show's host, Kunle Campbell. 2xecommerce.com is packed full of articles and guides to help increase traffic to your store, increase repeat purchases, and average order value. Thanks for listening. Visit 2xecommerce.com.